Welcome back to the Blasphemous Pope Cathedral. I am your Blasphemous Pope, Harry. And uh, let's just go right into these housekeeping notes before we get into meditation number eight, the revolution of food. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I want to talk about our ads. Currently, we are running an ad on this uh, podcast for Anchor, our, our generous and beneficiary uh, uh, system for uh, recording and promoting podcasts. Uh, and I do apologize if, if that is something that you do not enjoy, but the monetization that we receive from this and from our listener support will uh, work to further the um, project of the Blasphemous Pope. So I just want to make it abundantly clear, um, I am not a rich man and I am looking to have this monetization uh, increase the facility that I have here uh, to better serve you. Uh, currently, we are working on a potato project uh, that I paid for out of pocket, and um, uh, I have other projects that are related to the things that I'm talking about here on the Blasphemous Pope that I want to start, but I just don't have the finances to really get it going. Uh, and that's what uh, the ads are, I'm hoping, eventually going to help pay for as well as listener support, just to be clear, completely clear, sorry, uh, for 99 cents a month, you can support this starving podcaster uh, in uh, getting the materials needed to uh, create videos to show tutorials of the things that I'm doing, to show proof that these are things that you can do, and it is regardless of your land situation. Uh, oh. A sister uh, project to this is my WordPress site, harryfelker.wordpress.com, and that is where I uh, put all of the schematics of the things that I'm talking about for DIY stuff. Uh, the videos for this will end up going there, and the um, other useful links and information, especially if you're looking to buy market products uh, to support your uh, growing uh, food. Uh, <clears throat> now, uh, in order to interact with us here, you can leave a message on Anchor. The Anchor app has a voice me- messaging system, which then can be easily put directly to the podcast if you wish to have something that you want to say um, uh, put on the podcast. You can also contact me via the WordPress site uh, using uh, uh words you know just commenting on a post and uh, you can reach out to me at harry.felker at gmail.com now um, currently we have supporters these supporters are not financial supporters but uh, they are ideological supporters they're sharing the podcast and i wish to uh, give them a big shout out for uh, doing the work that they do Uh, Let's start with Donna Van Meter, who has been part of this project since the beginning and and sharing the project. Uh, She actually is the creator of the Blasphemous Pope Cathedral page on Facebook. Uh, Amy Lynn Russell, who is uh, a friend of the podcast. Uh, Star O'Hara, who has uh, helped encourage and spread the word of the podcast. And... Mr. Vincent Easley uh, of RLM Media and all the folks over at RLM Media for being listeners and sharing the uh, 
sharing the podcast. Now, uh, I do want to also give a special thanks for everybody who joins the Blasphemous Pope Cathedral over on Facebook or the Blasphemous Pope podcast page on Facebook. That being said, let's get into meditation number eight, the revolution of food. Um, We will uh, be just touching lightly on the subject before we go into our next segment, so bear with me. Uh, What do I mean by revolution? Well, revolutions and revolutionary action are not theoretical. It's not, oh, here's a book about how I'm going to revolutionize something. This this revolution is very palpable. palpable. I can't even say that word. Um, It is not a rhetorical thing. It is not um, hypothetical. We are we are actually taking action. Um, And this entire podcast is about acting in in that respect. the main point of it is to break the systems that control us. That is what we are revolutionizing. We're revolutionizing uh, our own, the responsibility we have to our own lives. And the dependence on these systems that exist is adverse to personal freedom. And that is something that is very sacred to the blasphemous Pope and the blasphemous Pope Cathedral. Um, uh, please join us for segment two, where we uh, delve a little deeper into this. Welcome back to the Blasphemous Pope podcast, and uh, we are going to be continuing along. Uh, I want to tell you a little story. I had a conversation with a very nice person over on Twitter. Uh, the, this person runs in the same types of circles about creating food and what have you. They have a little bit of a different idea, and their impression was, because of the way I speak, that I, um, I am thinking that every man should be an island. So to speak, you know, the turn of phrase, no man is an island. Um, And that is not, that cannot be further from the truth. The truth of the matter is, I understand and fully agree that community is important, uh, especially uh, when we consider revolutionary action. Uh, There's a large need for community, but uh, for, again, lack of a better term, unless you wish to enter into a community as dead weight, as a useless eater, so to speak, um, you, you want to have at least your own survival in the barest minimum sense covered. Uh, and that is, that is important, that um, communities coming together can't be about saving each individual that becomes part of the community. It has to be, there has to be a core group of that community that is um, able to support themselves and able to dedicate part of their production towards supporting other people. And you want to be part of that part of the community, Uh, especially if you're listening to this podcast, I'm giving you all of the tools to do that. Um, Now, as far as networks are concerned, there are some options out there. Uh, uh, People, uh, especially in the prepper community, 
have this fixation on a centralized model and centralized model is basically what we have now uh, and they just are like well the person who's the best prepared is the one who's in charge and I, I don't necessarily agree with that mentality but it is a mentality um, and that comes from living within a centralized network and not uh, being able to escape that psychologically the uh, next level of lacking centralization is a decentralized network where there are a bunch of centralized nodes that then interact on equal footing and um, though it is better because it it better serves the individuals that are part of this the separate nodes uh, it is still as far as I'm concerned not optimal and then finally there is the distributed network where every node is as important as any other node there it is peak equality so to speak in the in the sense of uh, survival and the, and the like so um, there's that for uh, a revolution to be a revolution for a movement to move into revolution territory you need that community you need a community that has some sort of structure whether it be centralized decentralized or distributed and you want to become part of that network not as a victim of circumstance looking to be saved but as a useful and uh, equal member of that community and that's what we're really trying to do here um, so why would we need a revolution of food well this is this is what's going on with the status quo um, the president of the United States as of 2022 has said we should be expecting food shortages and people who have been going to grocery stores have noticed that their their favorite brands are missing uh, sometimes categories of food are missing uh, and uh, this is this is happening this is a real thing right now the consumer price index is going crazy the price of food has already started going up and um, and it's not looking good um, to be completely fair uh, in the last two months there have been over a dozen incidents where food processing plants and food distribution centers have burst into flames blown up had planes crash into them so again the system is failing and we just need to take a look at what's going on in Shanghai to see how really bad it could get. The people of Shanghai have been locked into their apartments by the government and if they leave they are committing a crime and they're fed barely enough food to survive and their pets have been murdered by the government. This is, this is where Shanghai is at. Um, so the status quo is failing across the board. Um, anybody who is uh, part of America and at least somewhat aware of politics understands that changing the system from the inside just doesn't happen. Uh, everyone has their favorite pet politician that they think is going to change everything and either A, they never do, or B, they never get elected. So that's something we should probably throw in the dumpster bin too come back and we're going to start talking about system D
Welcome back to the Blasphemous Pulp Podcast. Uh, we are uh, going to talk a little bit about System D or System Discrete, as it's said in French. Uh, the idea dates back to World War II when uh, the Nazis were uh, occupying France. Basically, System D is an underlying system uh, below the the official means. Uh, Agorists call this the gray market, um, and and that's what it is. It's basically one that sidesteps taxation, regulation, whatnot, and just serves the people. Um, does that not mean that there are that everyone? Does that mean that everyone's good? No, there are always going to be bad actors, even in official markets. So, uh, buyer beware, of course, but. The philosophy here, the philosophy that I come from, uh, basically is that you're not going to overthrow the government and then create new systems to serve the people. You need to create the systems in place first and have them run parallel underneath the the official systems. And then if we ever get to that point where where humans have shed the need for their governments, well, then the system's in place and life continues as normal. That's that's what System D is really about for me. That's what that's what agorism is about for me. Is creating a civilization underneath the civilization, <clears throat> and then using that civilization as the primary civilization when everything crumbles you know food shortages are coming plants are burning down and governments are becoming crazy and I'm not saying in my lifetime it'll happen but if it does I would rather there be a system in place to make sure that there is a the minimum amount of human suffering that goes on with this transition so that brings us to the food revolution well uh, the first thing we need to understand here is we need to raise the bar the expectation for personal survival has to be the minimum. Uh, like I said before, you do not want to join a community as dead weight, as a useless eater. You know, you if all you're doing is taking, you're not adding to the community. That's a problem. Uh, you need to really take responsibility for your own survival and for the survival of your family, your loved ones, or what have you. And um, when you do that and you get together with like-minded people, you start creating a food-driven community which takes uh, one of the most laborious acts of human survival, acquiring food, and distributes that labor amongst the entire community. So that gives you more time to further along the community if uh, uh, there are other projects, just not just food that needs to uh, take place to really create a sustainable and self-reliant community. Um, I do want to say, and I know this sounds very uh, ableist, I guess, but there really is no excuse. Uh, at this point in time, at our current level of technology, there is no excuse why you cannot support yourself and your loved ones, at least in the capacity of feeding yourselves. Uh, Technology has shown the way. Uh, my Facebook, my my social media is inundated with ads because of my my internet search history. <laughs> um, 
with new and upcoming companies with their hydroponic solutions and all sorts of bells and whistles. And yes, these things do run a little pricey, but they they are just expensive versions of things that I've DIY'd here in, in the cathedral myself. Um, so to be completely fair, um, it's not that it's hard. It's not that it's or, or it's not that it's easy. It's it's a difficult thing to do, but there really is no excuse why you can't start doing it today. Uh, the whole uh, process of being landless is is not even an issue because the the products that I'm talking about are specifically geared to people who don't have property. If you live in an apartment. There are, there are hydroponic garden kits that you can buy for uh, anywhere from $300 to $1,000. And yes, that is a chunk of money, but uh, it's fully automated and it can grow enough food to feed a family of four. I mean, that's, that's, that's really no excuse. If you can replace all of your vegetables with, uh, with a piece of equipment, I think uh, that is a win. And the overall goal here is to expand your long-term game once you start producing food and the next thing is you're going to start preserving food so that you have the backup food for uh, potential shortages or for helping other people if that's uh, something that you're into Uh, when we come back we're going to be talking about breaking the chains Welcome back. Now, what do I mean by break the chain? Um, This entire world, the the way it's organized, is just a series of systems that are created to control the population, and you are part of the population. So, um, whether they be financial systems, uh, corporate systems, everything is really geared at controlling public opinion and guiding the public along the paths that they want, the, the, the business interests, the financial interests, what have you. So what producing your own food really does primarily is it cripples the, the corporate interests of big agriculture, which if you're environmentally minded, this is a, a, a net good thing. Uh, if you are taking uh, the reliance on systems that use uh, poisonous fertilizers, chemical fertilizers, what have you, uh, or, or pest control or what have you, the, uh, the destruction of these companies, the, the financial hurting of these companies is a net good. Um, the same goes for financial systems. If you have some sort of problem with, you know, speculation markets and what have you, producing your own food is literally the most revolutionary act you can do. And it will, uh, cripple those markets. And those are two main systems of control. If you control how people, uh, acquire food and you control how people can, um, exchange on on an open market you have almost complete control over people Um, 
thanks to Donovan Meter, we have a nice little graphic that's going to be uh, used on this, uh, this particular uh, episode, uh, Feed Yourself, Starve the Beast. Uh, it's a nice little, nice little uh, PGN file that uh, I get to use for this one. So uh, what we're looking for really is a revolution in perpetuity. Now, uh, we have to look at this as a chain reaction. When I say that, um, you you just have to look at TikTok. I mean, it used to be Instagram where people were doing the stupid human tricks, you know, the, this challenge, the, that challenge. Uh, if you do this and you publicize that you're doing this and, and you actually put the effort in to do it, others are going to follow. This is the world we live in right now, uh, the world of the influencer. Um, it's the primary way that you are going to be able to increase uh, people engaging in this philosophy and if more people engage in it that means that there's more chances that your local network is going to grow of people who are growing foods um, now the other method for growing this idea and growing your community is to share your bounty you know find people that are good candidates to become part of your community and Share your bounty with them. Build your network. I talked about this during one of my sermons. Um, and remember that this is a safeguard that lasts. Uh, in the last segment I was talking about food preserves. Well, uh, this is one of those things that's going to uh, pay back in the long term. So it is a safeguard against food shortages or plant destructions or something like Shanghai happening. Um, and that, uh, that is uh, worth its weight in gold, especially if you can publicize and, and uh, localize that aspect of this. Um, now, the underlying goal here is to become unattritionable. And uh, anybody who understands, one of the easiest ways to win a war is to be able to outlast your quote-unquote enemy uh, on the supply front. Now, um, I'm not saying that we're being attacked violently. I'm not saying that uh, the, the government is exactly starving people on purpose. I'm not saying that. Um, I'm not saying that that's not the case. I'm not really putting my political point of view on this. The reality is, though, um, this is what's happening. We're, we're experiencing food shortages. We're experiencing price hikes in food. And uh, whether or not it's malicious or it's idiocy or whatever, it's still happening. And uh, basically, attrition is happening. And we want to stop that. You know, generally speaking, it's not a good time for anybody. So... Uh, increasing our ability to survive and giving us the option to build what works for ourselves and our community is really the, uh, the crux here. We need to make sure that this is what's going on. And uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to be uh, wrapping this up and uh, I hope to see you there.
Okay, so for our final installment, our final segment here at the Blasphemous Pope on this meditation, Meditation 8, The Revolution of Food, I want to uh, give a little encouragement. I want to uh, let the people know, um, yeah, sure, this is a hard and difficult battle. Um, It's a, a battle against nature, so to speak. But um, it's worth it. it's worth it to, to actually engage in this fight, um, and I'm here to say don't stop. Um, every war is won through a, a large group of small victories. So when you are sitting there every day going, oh, I got to this, I got to that. You have to really focus on winning the day. That's what you want. You want to have more wins in the day than than losses. And when you start building those up, you end up winning battles. And as those start building up, you then win the war. That's that's how this works. And um, I had uh, learned a uh, a little trick. Uh, from, you know, as, as odd as it sound, a marketing speaker named uh, Jimmy Ezeel, uh, where he basically journals his days. He has these objectives, and as he achieves these objectives, you know, he puts a little W next to him. If at the end of the day he hasn't achieved those objectives, the ones he hasn't, he puts a little L next to and he counts them, and the number of W's versus the number of L's is really the indication of whether or not he had won or lost that day. And, um, and that's how I generally look at it. Um, when I do these podcasts, uh, you know, I have a list of things that I, I need to do um, regarding recording and, uh, and um, uh, producing and publishing these these podcasts as well as taking care of the plants here taking care of my cats any errands i have to run and all of these things are on a list and granted i keep my list mental but um at the end of the day i do go over that list uh as a as a little uh, practice in self-accountability and uh, i count my my wins versus my losses and and I reflect on how I could improve my performance to help serve myself better. Uh, this has nothing to do with you know, employment. This has nothing to do with any of that. I'm sure it could be used in that, in that methodology, but um, I don't use that for that. that that's, this is for my personal projects alone. And, um, you know, when you start stacking up those W's, they start adding up really quick and you start seeing effective changes. You know, there's all those memes out there about, oh, well, if you do these three things, you'll be completely unrecognizable uh, to yourself now from 30 days from now or 30 days from now, you won't recognize the person you were today. And those things are true. If you stack up wins, you will uh, start developing, start manifesting a life that uh, doesn't exist now for you. And, and that's important, especially when we're considering food. And that's one of the reasons why I'm promoting 
uh, growing your own food sustainably and self-sufficiently. Because if you can win that war, uh, the war over where your food comes from and uh, who has the influence over your food, uh, that is a big stepping stone to uh, your personal freedom, financially, legally and uh, uh, even biologically so um, I'm going to remind you of this uh, feed yourself and you starve the beast if you are uh, anti-authoritarian feeding yourself is one of the most revolutionary acts that you can do and harness the power of sustainable self-sufficiency you are more powerful than you can even imagine. And that is an important thing to remember because at the end of the day, authorities want you to feel powerless. They want you to need them. And this is the way out. Again, special thanks to my supporters, uh, Donna Van Meter, uh, Amy Lynn Russell, Star O'Hara, and Vince, Vincent Easley over at RLM Media. None of this would be possible and I wouldn't have gotten as far as I did without any of you. If you want to be part of this list, you can do it for as little as 99 cents a month. Thank you. Goodbye.